Yeah, so... You're going to say you don't have a theory? Yeah. I mean, what? I got a simple theory. I've got, a, I've got labeled as a section. In there. <laughs> um, I mean, there's a very simple idea to the game, I think, but... Yeah, well... I think that... All right, we'll, we'll talk about that as It's well. essentially about nothing. Hello, and welcome to Filling in the Gaps. I am Justin. And I'm Darren. Today, we're going to talk about The Witness. In this case, we're talking about the video game, the puzzle game, not the movie. Uh, you looked it up. How much is this game, the base price for the game? It's about, I think it's 40 bucks for the base. Usually goes and say, I think the, the historic low for this game is, it never goes below 50%. So I got it for about half price. And it's been bundled before in the past. And it came out in 2016, correct? Yeah, long time in the making. It was um, announced in 2009, and it eventually dropped in 2016. So um, that's... Seven years. Seven it? years in the making. But it was a small development crew, right? Well, yeah, it was Jonathan Blow, the guy that did Braid. Uh, he did this pretty much off the back of Braid and off the profits of Braid. I got kind of a lot of respect for him in that, in that, in that sense because he basically... Playtested the game with a bunch of people and found out that they liked it. And when he knew that he was hitting the right track, then he basically sank all of his profits from Braid into this game. And also, I mean, I think, uh, I think, depending on the estimates, no one's really sure. It was budgeted at about eight hundred thousand uh, bucks, but by the end, it was six million dollars to make it. To make it. And he put in anywhere between, people are guessing, one to three million of his own money. And he borrowed some. So he had a lot of faith in this. This was this this game could have potentially ruined him. And, you know, kudos to him for doing that. Like, he believed in what he was doing and he went all in. But yeah, yeah, so like you said, seven years in the making. It was announced. It was delayed and delayed and delayed. The reason that they, did, that they delayed it was, I think, because... They were going to release it on the PS3 as well, uh, like a cross-platform thing. Not cross-platform, but just on another platform. But the PS4 was coming out. Yeah, they built the engine for the game. Everything's built from scratch. They didn't just like use Unreal or Unity or anything like that. They built everything from the from the ground up. And yeah, it cost a lot of money. And yeah, it paid off for them in the end, I guess. So just here in the opening, as always, we'll be talking a bit spoiler-free. So you're still safe here if you've not played the game. We, I, I don't know how to put it. How do you feel about the game as a whole? I mean, you said that you had played it the first time. I know you loved it the first time. And then you started to play again for this episode, kind of getting ready, taking notes. How did you feel about it the second time through? Yeah, it's weird. Um, I really, really, really liked it the first time. Um, uh, it, you loved it the first time. This, oh yeah, this is yeah. another one of those games that you just kind of were on me. Like you need to play this yeah. game. You need to play this yeah. game. Even if you don't like it, I think it's still a very important game to have played, like so that you have the ability to discuss it. I suppose you know it's like it is an important game. I think in the kind of puzzle game in the puzzle world. realm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, so it's a pretty important game. I would definitely agree with that. I think if you're into puzzle games, it's one that you. Should have given a try at least. But yeah, I played this pre uh, Talos Principle, um, and going back to it now, I'm like, yeah, it's it's still good, and I'm going back solving a whole different type of puzzle now, 
and I'm understanding more about the game. When I first played the game, I just let the whole experience kind of wash over me. I didn't really think too much about it. But now I've gone back and I'm trying to think more about the game and what it means and discover every little tiny secret that the island has to offer. And some of it's tedious, but I think that's the point. Do you think it's worth the $40 for a typical player? Or do you think that they should wait for that 50% off? Because that typically happens around the big sales, right? It usually goes on for like the summer or the winter. Yeah. I'm just cheap. So I always go for the sale. There's not much I buy at full price, to be honest. Yeah. Is it worth 40 bucks? Yeah. I mean, considering I probably played it for four months straight and I probably have logged about 60 hours on it then it's i mean if we if we're, if we're going by our usual dollar per hour value then yeah it's worth it uh, I, I do think so whether all those hours have been pleasurable hours yeah it's a different story isn't it <laughs> yeah so for me i would say that this is a game that overall i would say i didn't really enjoy it's a game i didn't finish and at what 27 hours i think is what i hit recently I finally said enough and started using a walkthrough just to make sure that I had kind of enough information to feel I had given it a try and to talk about it today. I don't really enjoy it. I think I enjoyed it very much at the very beginning and then very quickly something went wrong and that unfortunately I can't really talk about much until we get into the spoiler section because some of that has to do with the solutions to some of the puzzles. What I will say is that this is a game, though I didn't enjoy it, I respect it a lot. I think that a lot of effort went into this game. I think a lot of people love this game, and I can see why. It's just not my type of puzzle. It's not my type of puzzle game that I enjoy. I do think that it is an absolutely, absolutely beautiful world that they've kind of created with many different regions that all have a kind of style. Very distinct. Yeah, Yeah. very distinct areas in a very kind of small island, essentially. There are other things, too, that they've done very well with the look. And we've talked before about how some of the things, like if you looked at the rocks individually, they're very polygonal and they're not very appealing, but the way they've been used as a whole works very, very well. Some of the trees also look a bit awkward, like especially the ones kind of in the bay. But as a whole, they work very well. So I think this game, and I'll probably say this again later, this game works very well for people who love exploring. This game works very well for people who just want a really visually beautiful game. Anyone who's into kind of game development, I think that this would be for good and bad some good case studies to look at and to see what they're doing. For somebody who just wants something unique, something that's kind of unlike anything else out there, I think this plays into that as well. So I think that there are a lot of people that this game could work for. But when it comes to the actual puzzles and puzzle mechanics, the game doesn't work as much for me, but it worked for you. So unfortunately, (laughs) it's kind of hit or miss as to who I can recommend that to because I'd have to know exactly what kind of puzzles you're into. Yeah, well, I mean, one of my friends, he loves the game. He bought it for his PlayStation. He bought it for the, he also bought it full price again for the PC. He adores this game. Um, but that's the thing. That's that, that, that's where the witness is. Like, even before we go like, into spoiling it, like, 
when you talk about the witness, there's basically, there's two types of people, people that love the witness and people that hate the witness. And there's not much middle ground. And that is the hallmark of, I don't know, I don't, I don't want to say a good game, but that's the hallmark of, of something that's like... Is that the difference between a good game and a great game? <laughs> is that a great game, most people like it. Good game is, <laughs> it divides. Yeah. <laughs> if you go on to like, you know, if you go on to Reddit or if you just type anything about The Witness, the, the number one argument is this game is pretentious. And that's, that's the word that gets thrown around a lot. And sometimes I think that people latch on to that word and they don't actually understand what it means. And so what does it mean? Well, I mean, it just means something that thinks it's above its own station, doesn't it? So something that thinks it's important, but it isn't really. I can understand why people think that. I don't think The Witness is pretentious. I think the fans of The Witness are pretentious. Um, and the same with Rick and Morty fans. Like, they're also pretentious. Um, but I'm a Rick and Morty fan and I'm hopefully not pretentious, but I'm probably going to come off as pretentious in this podcast, to be honest, because I'm on the, the cheerleading side of, of the witness fence. But yeah, I, I really disagree with this whole pretentious argument. I think I have a better word for it, but we'll get to that later. Okay. Um, it might be the same word that I've got written down here, actually. So, but yeah, I mean, I don't like that because, because what, what we've always talked about here in our podcast is if a game holds you by the hand and explains all the, all the stuff, we laugh at it and like, oh, come on, we're not stupid. But then on the other hand, it's like if a game like The Witness comes along and doesn't offer you any tutorial, doesn't offer you any story, doesn't offer you anything, and then we're like, oh, there's not enough tutorial. And, and, and then we're like, oh, this game is, this game is pretentious and it, it thinks it's way better than I am. I think that's kind of unfair. Is that why people say it's pretentious? It well, has nothing to do with the hidden videos. Well, I think the videos have definitely got something to do with it. But again, I think they're missing. And again, now I'm going to sound like the... Because you have a theory as well that unfortunately we can't get until the end because we don't want to spoil anything. But yeah. it basically doesn't say pretentious. There's a totally different meaning to those videos that you have. I think so. I think so. And I don't want to say, oh, you don't get it. But... I think that's almost the point of The Witness. We've talked about before, like, how the Turing test has to explain what a Turing test is, even though the main character's name is Turing, and she probably got teased about that at school. And Teased about that? Those are some really <laughs> intelligent kids on the playground. <laughs> um, but yeah, and then Interstellar, where they're discussing, the, the, where astrophysicists are explaining black holes to each other. So, so what, what does that mean? Does that mean that we're not allowed to have deeply philosophical parts of games we're not allowed we're not allowed that anymore it's like that's pretentious we're not allowed to just throw you in at the deep end and say go on you you figure it out we're not gonna offer you anything i'm unhappy with the way that that is kind of thrown around like yeah this game is pretentious unfortunately we can't actually see who these people are know who these people are who are saying that because i'd be curious to find out if they said the same thing about games like portal i would say probably not i think one of the things that this game doesn't do well, and I'm going to get to that very soon in the spoiler section, is like you said, it doesn't have a tutorial, but I feel like sometimes it doesn't scaffold you up knowledge-wise as well as it could. So it's a bit of a struggle. So I will say that I do have some problems with that. I think it's more game development issues and design issues than it is like pretentiousness. Sure, yeah. Because even I was starting to cling to that word, and you kind of called me on it. And now having kind of gone through a lot of stuff, I still 
can see why people see I can it that totally way. understand yeah but I wouldn't do it because of the puzzles or the game I would do it because of the extra stuff that comes with it even Jonathan Blow himself said he wanted to make and, it, and maybe he is pretentious he was saying he wanted to make the game equivalent of Gravity's Rainbow and Gravity's Rainbow is a book that a lot of people have said that you don't read because you enjoy reading you read it because you enjoy experiencing things and it's supposedly i've never read it because i'm obviously not smart enough but it's a book that's kind of nonsensical and is more about presenting images than an actual story but yeah i think the witness isn't pretentious i think it's actually taking itself pretty seriously taking us pretty seriously um although there are some problems with um how the game describes itself and how jonathan blow has described the game i think maybe we should Save that for, for later. For the um, so, uh, I think that kind of hits what I want to talk about in the spoiler-free section. Basically, I respect the game. I didn't really enjoy it for the most part. There are very good parts to it. You did really like it the first time. Uh, the second time, you're starting to see some issues. But I don't think it's really the second go-round that we're trying to sell here. So yeah, exactly. I think this is a game where clearly people put enough time and effort into it that it is worth kind of the price point that is put at on sale even better you could wait a long time for it to drop down further but i think if you really want to play it i would play it now it's already difficult enough to avoid spoilers about this game so if you're wanting to play it on the fence i think we'd both say like you may as well give it a try it's a game that you could take months to play. I, I took months to play it. I mean, some people sit down and hammer it and just like smash it in, in you know, a, a few days or a few a few we- weeks or whatever. I personally don't see how that's possible without a walkthrough. Like for some of the puzzles, I had to take tracing paper and put it over my screen um, and draw out. On, I had like pages of notes. I'd say if you're a fan of Mist games, Jonathan Blow is also, he's admitted that he drew a lot from Mist. There's a lot of nods to Mist in this so many of them, um, in fact. And yeah, if you're a fan of like slow, slow paced adventure exploration games with puzzles, like I am, I love Myst. It could take you a while, buy it, give it a shot. But yeah, it's not, it's definitely not for everyone. If you like your more fast paced portal kind of Talos Principle puzzles, then this probably isn't for you. And with that, we leave this spoiler-free section. This game, I've tried not to watch too much video speaking about theory or even... I mean, for a long time, I was trying to avoid spoilers altogether. I didn't want to get too much of other people's opinions before we start talking about it today. So I know that you've looked a lot before on Reddit and other places. I think the most in-depth I've heard about this game was on Polygon's uh, besties kind of best of the year for the year that it came out and in which I think they ended up deciding that The Witness was probably their game of the year though admittedly they said it wasn't the kind of best year that there wasn't something that was really bigger to win them over so that it kind of left it down to this one which is kind of unique. Basically I'm going to be talking about what we try to have a positive spin on most things that we talk about on this podcast. So I didn't really like the game. I'm going to talk about a lot of the things that I felt were kind of bad about the game. 
and then we'll actually get into the the good stuff so that we're kind of leading up to that and then talk about the endings and then uh possibly some theories i mean you've got one theory going and we'll, we'll, that's probably what we'll end on so that's kind of the the basic setup here so don't think as i started now that we're just going to be trashing the game for however long the rest of the episode is it's just kind of my section here <laughs> because uh darren is going to be a bit of the cheerleader for the game and I i'll think. try and counter what you're saying as well like i'll try and because i mean some of the things that you've said to me in chat in passing are like i've got reasons for why mm-hmm. that might not be the case the first thing i want to talk about are the monotonous puzzles that grid you will see five billion times in this game. 650 times. <laughs> okay, so I exaggerated a little bit. Is it really 650? It's 650. But I think they count, like, even those ones where you just have to draw, like, one single line to open a door. It still counts. So I'm going to take that. <laughs> but I would say that there are occasionally times where you have to do that same puzzle multiple times. So I think I would crank that up to a good 700. So there we go. <laughs> It's a lot. It's a lot of the same over and over again. That sound effect after a while starts to get a little irritating. The whole thing, honestly, for me, just really started to get irritating. I know you warned me about that, that it's much of the same over and over again. I said, oh, I don't mind. That'll be fine. But it did. It did really start to get to me, particularly, I think, in the treehouse. That section was just so long that it just... The treehouse is very long, yeah. It goes on forever. And that, yeah, that just really, really got to me. So, you know, you've got your one line across up to the super puzzles, which again are like the same kind of thing. So it's like going from regular Sudoku to like super Sudoku, which is like nine grids. There's like 12 by 12s in that game. Yeah, it's just nuts. There are also a lot of Tetris style puzzles, which kind of surprises me that you do like the game so much because you hated that part of the Talos principle. Yeah, 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 I did. So that did kind of surprise me that you hated that. So you hated that so much in Talos principle, but in this game you're like, "Oh, it's great." Now obviously, there are different rules here, and you have to think a bit more about the rules rather than just placing things in order. But this is another part for me where game design, like I heard and I don't know if this is true, but that he kind of got the idea for the puzzles from the stones in his garden or something to that effect. And so that's kind of, I don't know if that's myth that I heard, but I could understand that that's, if that's the case, if there's some sort of inspiration for it and he wanted to do the puzzles this way. But personally, I would have really loved it if the puzzles were designed a bit more like the Talos Principle in the fact that I was picking up physical pieces and putting them in place. I feel like that would have been much easier. Or maybe that's why he chose. He wanted it to be harder. But I think it would have been much easier to just be able to rotate physical pieces to see them and place them rather than having to kind of imagine it or go through and draw every one of them over and over again. Well, I think I think, I think he, um, he got the idea from like another game where you had to draw lines on the screen to cast spells. And so he basically had an idea of, okay, imagine you go through the game, you're casting all the, you're making these gestures on screen, a little bit like the void, um, which you haven't played yet, but 
um, hopefully, hopefully we'll get to that at some point. And so, yeah, so you draw, you use your mouse to draw actual lines on the screen. And he's like, wouldn't it be awesome if you had everything you needed to complete the game, but towards the end of the game, you started to realize that, so instead of buy, buying spells in shops or looting spells from dead enemies, what if you could find those spells just like in the trees, basically, like in your actual environment? Wouldn't that be a wonderful kind of poignant aha kind of moment? And that was his whole basis for this game. So he was like, okay, so I could make that game, but he's like, but everything else is redundant. So he stripped it all down to like, just basically, I just want to make a puzzle game. Thing two, there's no real story. So for me, that is a huge downfall. We talked before in our phoning home episode, we talked about what makes a good game, what makes a good puzzle game for us. And one of those things was to have a story. That's a huge reason why Portal and Portal 2 are pretty much always going to be at the top of our list because they have this terrific story. Why Talos Principle will be up there because at least they attempted to have a story and it's somewhat interesting. It brings up some, I would say some interesting philosophy without overly preaching it, right? But this game has virtually nothing. So that didn't really work for me. And in tying with that, sometimes the puzzles were redundant and you don't really get the reward. So you're not getting a reward from story, and you're not getting a reward from, you know, there's no sort of leveling up. There's no, uh, at times even, like when we get to talking about the keep, where there's the kind of hedge mazes and the glass platforms, and then you get to the top and you need to solve one of those super puzzles in order to get the laser to fire up. But if you solve both of them, you don't get anything extra. Symmetry Island, as far as I know, is kind of pointless. It's just about solving the puzzle. But you don't know that when you're playing it. So when you get through that and you go, oh, great, I got to the end and nothing happens. <laughs> that's a really disappointing feeling. Yeah, because that's, that's maybe part of my, my whole love for this game when I was first playing it. I shouldn't talk about this playthrough because it's completely different. But yeah, when I first played it, I'm like, something's going to happen, something's going to happen. But then at the end of the game, in its own way, it's kind of genius because there's nothing. And you're, like you said, there's no reward. Your reward for solving a puzzle is have another puzzle. <laughs> that's, that's the reward system. But, and I, this is going to sound really stupid, but honestly, you're talking about the sound effects and stuff. Yeah, it's like you become conditioned. And this is one thing that you will, and I'm not saying this in, in, a, in a stupid, again, going back to the word pretentious, and I'm not saying this in a pretentious way, but this is the one thing that you will not get from this game is you'll not get the same feeling that I got when I came away from finishing The Witness or playing it for hours and hours and, and, and like stewing and stewing over puzzles for days, for weeks even for some of them and seeing those environmental puzzles or seeing this like lines in your environment. There's an entire subreddit devoted to people who okay, okay, have got those things in their heads. We need to focus here. Look, this is the bad section. We'll get to your good section later. No, but I mean, stop it, trying to hog my section. <laughs> I'm not hogging it. I'm just saying that it's, it's, uh, it's, but, it's but a, I'm it's talking about no rewards and you're saying there's nothing and that's good. So let's just move on. Next point. This is another sandbox puzzle game, which I don't like. I don't like it because Talos Principle had the same problem where but I like that about that. That's another thing that's just odd. that you like, but I don't like that because yeah. when you set up a game like that, or particularly a game like this, there's a real problem here of 
knowledge and being able to scaffold up the knowledge so that I know what I need for the section. In this game, worse than the Talus Principle, because in the Talus Principle, at least there were different sections that were locked away until you had accomplished a certain number of sections of the first one. In this one, there's a little bit of that, but they're in no particular order. So as I used the IGN walkthrough towards the end to just kind of make sure I had enough lasers to feel I'd accomplished something, they were saying, you should be doing this section, this section, this section, before you do the one you're looking at. And they were in no particular geographic order. You, in theory, would have to run around and explore in a kind of random order in order to get to the ones that you had. So there is the idea that, one, I could be solving harder puzzles before I solve easier puzzles, which feels a bit disappointing. I also came across a secret room very early on and a piece of paper, and that piece of paper had a solution onto it. And because of that, for the rest of the game, as I would come across a new puzzle, if I couldn't see the solution where I was, a lot of times I assumed I needed to wait until I found another piece of paper or until I found something else. When you start introducing solutions that are hidden somewhere, it starts to make me feel like I need to wait until I know exactly what's going on here. And that's not what I want in a puzzle game. I want to be able to walk up to it and be able to solve it. I don't want to have to come back to it later. You were talking about this with another game recently, saying you hate when you have to get a power-up and then go back to it. Because that's kind of what we thought was going on in the Turing test. Mm. We'd have to go back to it once we had a new knowledge or a new power. And that really wasn't the case, which is great. But in this game, I felt very much like it's, oh, you're not ready for this puzzle. Go wander around and come back later. I mean, even right in the heart of it all is the town where... I found the town and I started playing around with it and you said, and you immediately said, oh, get out of there. You're not ready for the town yet. Mm. I don't like that. Yeah, I mean, that's that's all fair. Uh, the town is, I, I did the same thing because the town is bang. It's, I think it's directly in the middle of the map pretty much. Town is, I mean, the thing is with The Witness is everything is solvable, but you've got no chance. Like the first secret, this first secret is there to show you there's other stuff that you need to do. And so once you get it in your mind that this is an this is primarily an exploration game, really, and that it's not linear and that you will come to places that you cannot enter. And once you just accept that and just say, okay, you're trying a puzzle, you're trying a puzzle. That's why it's open. That's why it's a sandbox. But when it comes to the environmental puzzles, I totally wasn't ready for that because I assumed I just didn't have the knowledge. I was supposed to be given. The the environmental puzzles. Puzzles that required you to look around your environment. Yeah, yeah. For, for the answers. Oh, I mean, you're not supposed to know about that. You're supposed to be able to, well, you are able to complete the game without solving a single environmental puzzle. They're there for you to discover on your own. And they're not required of you at all. All right, but that still doesn't feel good when you're playing it. I know, it feels awesome when you're playing it. Because when you discover them, you're like, oh my God, this is incredible. It's such an amazing feeling. Because you've discovered this incredible secret and it's not required to complete the game. You're not cheated out of anything. All right, no, I don't feel that. I'm moving on. Next. <laughs> oh, no, you can't. No, you, you because can't you've just... got your good section at the end. Well, Go I mean, ahead but, and, but you and can, counter. But you can, you can counter my good section at the end. I'm just saying to you, like, that's that's unfair. Like, Why is that unfair? Because you're saying that you're being cheated out of something when you're not. It's like, it's not required of you to complete the game. But how would you know that? You, you know from figuring it out yourself. It's like... 
there's no one to tell you that that's there. You discover that on your own. And that's why when you discover it, it's an incredible, incredible experience. But even, fine. I mean, the thing is, you don't even really know, if you don't go to the top of the mountain, you don't even know what you're after. Well, that's the other thing is people discover them in different ways. There's, I don't even know if I have discovered that yet. I've heard about that one. And that's the really easy one with like the squiggly line and there's a river underneath it. That's the environmental puzzle. No, okay, you're confusing what I'm saying about environmental puzzles. I'm talking about the ones, the ones where you have to listen to solve the puzzle, or the one where you have to look through the puzzle to see what's on the Ah, other side. Ah, okay, okay. You need to use the environment to... Right. Yeah, okay, yeah, I can see why that's confusing. Not the hidden things to make the obelisk glow. Okay. I'm talking about things like listening to the gravel, or looking at the tree... To see where the apple is, like right, okay. that's where right, I'm talking. Right, right, sorry, okay, I was. Completely... And I do think you need some of those. I don't know because you only need seven, so I I didn't count them out to see how many of those there are. What the lasers? Yeah, I think there's eleven. There's eleven lasers, but I mean, I don't know how many are like require you to kind of think outside the box and not not just Tetris style puzzles. Well, I mean, that's the only thing is I didn't even even discover those ones. Like, did you do the jungle? The one with the bird sound and like the cell phones going no, off. No, I haven't done that one yet. No, I didn't. I only found that on this playthrough. I didn't even get that laser yet. I'm halfway through solving that one. But yeah, there's a lot of those ones, and yeah, they are. Yeah, like you said, they're purposely obtuse. I suppose is the way to say. It. Um, they're there to trip you up and to get in your way. And but the problem is when I don't know, and I've been given that paper that has a solution. I feel like, oh, for the first one, I need to see what the solution is to kind of reverse engineer it and figure it out. So for a lot of the time, I would see something new, didn't see what the solution was, and then ran away to find something else. Mm -hmm. So I felt like a very large chunk Mm -hmm. of my playthrough is actually me looking at the next puzzle and then walking around to the next puzzle and then kind of circling around and circling around until I found something that, oh, well... All the rest of it is really rough. Let me look at this one. It's a bit simpler. You do have to walk away from things and go and find something else that's that's easier and then come back to it with fresh eyes, I guess. Okay. Let me talk about my next one. My next one is what I would say. A lot of people say pretentious. I say possibly torturing or taunting. (laughs) This is a bit like when your brother, like on a long car trip, just to annoy you, put his finger very close to you and be like, I'm not touching you. I'm not touching you. So he's not actually doing something bad, but he's really making you feel like he's doing something bad and it's really irritating. That's what a lot of these puzzles felt like to me. (laughs) And Uh... what they do in this game, one of the things that I absolutely hate in this game is they have a puzzle and the first couple seem pretty easy. You seem to know what's going on. And then all of a sudden they just put unnecessary obstacles in your way to make you have to do the puzzle in a way that doesn't really follow what you've been taught up until now or to do it in a way that just feels a bit awkward. The worst, I think, that I can think of offhand is the kind of glass platforms in the keep because you are taught to follow the pattern to solve the puzzle in an unbroken way, and then they put things in your way. So now you have to kind of walk across platforms and you have to kind of do it in a weird order. It just feels completely wrong. To me, it's kind of like if you took a crossword puzzle 
And you said, here's a crossword puzzle, but all the squares are black. So you can't write them in. You have to kind of remember where they are. That would be a really, really tough thing to do. I think that that's kind of what this feels like. And at times it feels like if the puzzle isn't good enough to be interesting on its own, adding these obstacles just feels like you're kind of cheating to try and make it more interesting, to make it more fun. But in a way, it feels like you're kind of breaking the puzzle here. You're kind of making us do something that's not really part of the puzzle. Does that make sense? Am I... It makes sense, but I mean... I disagree again. Like I, I like I loved the keep. I thought the keep was an excellent set of puzzles. Um, the mazes on the one side, the platforms on the other side. They're hard. They break the rules, and that's your first. That's one of your first instances, or one of my first instances, where oh, the rules have been broken. You don't have to start on the circle anymore with these. You can push them down in any order. It's just a different aspect. So there's only so many things you can do with a square box and a set of straight lines, you know? Um, but that's the thing. Then you don't have enough. Well, I mean, you have very... I mean, look, look at this way. You've got a number of variations on what you can do. And some of them work and some of them don't for some people. And so that didn't work for you. If you think that's the worst puzzle, like the bunker in the mountain where it's like you can't even see the screens... No, that's, that's, it's not the worst, but I would say that it was just the most obvious. It was the most blatant. Here's a path to walk on. Oh, wait, you can't walk where you need to to solve the puzzle. You have to walk around things. No, I, I don't know. That just, to me, felt broken. I mean, and maybe, I mean, again, I don't know, but perhaps one of the ways that the island builds on itself is, like you say, with the environmental puzzles where you're using, like you have to actually physically look through tree branches to draw lines around it. It's like maybe that's something like if you're stuck on one of those puzzles... Because you're actually physically walking around tree trunks and, and, and obstacles that are in your path. Maybe once you complete that and you think, oh, wait, okay, maybe that's the problem with this. And then you draw around the tree branches and then, ah, okay. Then the next level layer on top of that is when you actually have to physically... Because the game is a lot about perspective. So it's like once you find that perspective, like sometimes across an entire room to draw a puzzle, that's the next... That's even more difficult. But once you get it in your mind that, okay, the environment can obstruct my puzzle and I have to go move around it, that might lead you to a hint to solve those other ones. I think the walking on the paths is fine. It's when they put the giant metal things in my way that I didn't like. So the first two puzzles of that I was excited about. I thought, Mm. this is very cool. This is taking the 2D thing and making me have to do it in 3D. I was fine with that. But putting obstacles in my way, putting obstacles in my way so when I have to look at where the shade falls, I have to back up. 500 yards to look at the top of the tree to see where it might fall or the shadow is broken up in a way so it's hard to see where the lines go it just felt like they were making it purposely difficult but not within the rules of the puzzle it felt like they were kind of blocking things from me that I should have access to this is part of any game where I feel like you give me certain abilities, certain mechanics, and then you take them away. Final Fantasy is very bad about this when it comes to the boss fights. They often take away things like magic or uh, in in those games a lot of times guardian forces or like the giant creatures that can come in and help you fight. Those get taken away immediately in the final boss fight and that feels very unfair. This is what I've been working with the entire game. On a simpler level, if for example you're playing Super Mario Brothers and all of a sudden you couldn't double jump anymore <laughs> and you just fell into a pit because you were counting on that second jump. 
that's what this feels like to me sometimes. It just feels like you have everything you need to solve this puzzle. Now do it blindfolded, right? There's just something here that feels like they're purposely taking things away from me. And it just makes it feel, it is part of that thing that makes it not feel fun to me. Mm. And along with that too, and I think this is just a bit of level design. I don't think they purposely did this, but at times it was very difficult to find where the next puzzle was. So I'm in the woods and I solve a puzzle and I see there's a wire going off and I follow the wire and there's trees in my way. So I have to walk around and find where the next one is. I really don't want to have to go and find where the next puzzle is. Like, just make it easy to get to. Give me a path to yeah, walk Yeah, that's to. exactly where I am in the jungle right now. There's you, you do all these things, all birds chirping, and then the line goes, and then you follow the line, it just leads to this big, gigantic rock. It's just the wire disappears under it. Like, oh, okay, I guess it's on the other side of this somewhere, but it's an absolute maze to get through that. So here is another problem I, I had is just that a lot of times I felt like the rules are probably clear. I think if they made these, they know what the rules are. But again, I don't feel that they've been scaffolded very well sometimes, that they're kind of unclear perhaps to the user. And I don't really want a tutorial. I don't. I think that, I think it's better without a tutorial. I do like the puzzles you solve by figuring them out. But with this kind of puzzle and with some of the things that they were trying to do, I don't know. I almost feel like maybe they needed it because they didn't seem to quite know how to teach me with what they were doing. And we, you were watching the other day as I was solving one puzzle and a much easier one came after that would have explained what I needed. Yeah, and that, that was that treehouse tree one. That was ridiculous because it was a, what, a panel of four by four or five by five. And then the next one was two by two. And yes. it was a, basically explained the rule that you just solved. That I needed. But I I didn't even solve that. I had to use the walkthrough to get that. Because a, another thing with the rules is sometimes they're just not intuitive. So it felt like every puzzle up to that had been telling me to separate different shapes. That different shapes couldn't match together. And now all of a sudden, black a kind of black star could mix with a black cube. And that's totally okay. And that felt like it was broken compared to everything I'd been taught up until that point. Now, maybe it wasn't. Maybe they see the rules in a different way. But this is part of where the scaffolding and kind of doing things in a linear fashion, though less fun for kind of explorer types, I, I really feel like in a game like this, it would have helped me out so much. I mean, even for me, it's like as much as I'm trying to uh, defend this game, uh, that's dumb. That's that's. There's no reason for that. That's almost like a mistake or they're trolling us like... Oh, you did that really hard puzzle? Yeah, well done. I bet you had to look up a walkthrough to get that. Here's the tutorial for it. <laughs> nah, 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 nah. Your brother with his finger in your yeah. face. I have a real problem with, and I don't know if this is exactly how it should be, but in the IGN walkthrough, in the quarry, there is a shape. I think it's like a triangle kind of Y shape. And they label the rule as it can take away a rule. So you give me rules and then you start taking them away. And for me in a puzzle game, particularly in a game like this, when you start breaking your own rules, it feels like you're breaking your mechanics. And that just starts to make me question everything and make me question, do any of the rules count at any time? And that is very, very frustrating as a player to try and figure out. And there's nothing to guide me. I mean, that one, it's not, I wouldn't say it's, it takes away a rule. It takes away 
one square that might not fit in the pattern. It's basically, a, it can negate one of your mistakes, basically. I, don't, I wouldn't say it gets, I think iGen is wrong on that. Okay. Um, but that one in particular was a puzzle set that I felt completely baffled by, and I didn't understand what was going on. So maybe that's just me personally, like I couldn't see it. The quarry is hard, man. The quarry is really, even the gate getting in, I was stuck at that gate for an hour. Like, like I couldn't even get into, that was the, the entrance to the place. I think perhaps that set of rules, maybe it's just that one mechanic is just one that really should have been thought through more or perhaps just not done. I didn't understand it at all. I felt like I was constantly making a mistake and being rewarded for it. And so there was a time where I was trying to do the worst things I could. And when they didn't work, I didn't understand why it wasn't working. So maybe, as you said, maybe rewarding it as taking a rule away is not the best way. Which is fine, but I still feel like when you put in a rule that negates other rules, as this does, where I can't leave a spare cube sitting there, it just puts into question every rule I've ever learned and every rule that I'm going to be learning. And in this game where the rules to the puzzles are of utmost importance, that just feels out of place. It becomes its own puzzle, though. I mean, like even if you can solve that, get all of them two by two by two, even if you could solve that puzzle legitimately without using the little triangle thing, then you'd fail the puzzle. That's not how it's meant to be solved. You 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 have to have a mistake. It's just it's again, it's just a variation on the on, on the puzzle set that they've got. I think we're just gonna have to agree to disagree on that one. But uh, yeah, it's just not my I'm trying I'm trying to think like of that. the worst puzzle. Like, if we're gonna talk about bad stuff about the game, I'm trying to think of the worst puzzles. I mean for me the the actual inside the mountain was uh Yeah, well I that. didn't even go through it because I saw what they were doing and that, if, if I hated that one oh, on the on the glass platform, that was nothing compared to the very first things you have to encounter inside the mountain. I mean, so. people people would get motion sickness. Like there's there's parts where the whole puzzle is spinning, and as you move, so it stays still. But then as you move, it starts to spin, and it's just like, oh my god, I'm getting dizzy. Which way is up? I don't even know. You press it up, and you're actually going down, and like, oh. There's ones where you can you can't even see the screen, like it's completely blank. <laughs> that was the one where I kind of went, no, I'm done. It was bad enough that there were ones that were at really odd angles and hard to see. But there's a green set on uh, kind of the right side as you're looking across, and like the first one has some lines in your way, so you can mostly see, and then it's kind of lines vertically and horizontally in your way. And then as you get through, they yeah. just get darker and darker. And by the end, you can barely see anything. Yeah, yeah. I was like, no, no, that's, that's where I would have, you know, hit my brother or complained to my parents and like that game is over. And that's exactly what happened to me there. I was like, no, I'm done. At this point in the game, I'm totally done. So yeah, I, I know, I know it's not the worst. It was the most kind of blatant was that, that glass platform where it's like, walk over here. No, you can't walk over here because it's in your way. So yeah, I, Okay, so let's say the problem with this game, too, is that it has to be perfect. Absolutely perfect. And I think it was in the swamp area. I found a puzzle where I thought I'd come up with a solution. I sent you a picture of the solution. And you also agreed that it should work, but it wasn't working. As soon as I found that, it put into question everything after that. So then a million times more than I ever should have, I was contacting you saying, am I crazy? 
And usually I was. I I was doing it wrong. I was had a shape backwards or was one square off or something. But that one time that we agreed that the shape I made should have worked, that one time puts into question everything. And it's a bit unfortunate because I found that somewhat early on, I think. I can't remember exactly what puzzle that was, but I found one in the marsh that was quite similar. And I realized that I was actually wrong. Maybe I'm wrong with that one. It's very possible we were both wrong. Both wrong. We weren't seeing it correctly, but, but yeah, it those, does those, make those, me worry. Those Tetris ones, some of them are like, yeah, you can flip them over, you can, but you can't rotate them. They've got to be that shape, but you can kind of tessellate them in different ways. So if, the, if there's one shape on this side, one shape on the left, on the right side and left side, you can actually have them on opposite sides or above each other as long as they're still inside your drawing. Then the there's ones the that have angled like, ones. The ones that have kind of squares that go at, at diagonal to each other you can't overlap those if they don't the squares don't overlap right so that was yeah so if they're one. basically if they're tilted you just basically count the squares and then yeah. you just gotta draw the number of squares in there um but yeah yeah the the, the marsh is marsh has a really i think the marsh has a one of the best tutorial panels in the game to be honest though i like the tutorial panels for those because there's a lot of them as well there's like 12 panels for that i just have one last thing but since you bring up kind of the swamp area <laughs> i think i know where this is going everything is so slow in this game everything is so slow in this game and it is not just the game itself is slow but oh my goodness that platform it takes forever to go across the elevator and the quarry you raced it right I said, yeah. I, I wonder if I could actually walk around faster. And you said, uh, actually, you can because yeah. you raced it. Oh, my goodness. The lasers, when they come out, I appreciate the lasers. I think that it kind of warrants it. I think that it makes it look much more realistic to do that. The boat, yes, a boat would be fairly slow, a small boat like this. The platform and the water would probably be very slow, but that elevator does not have to be so slow. What bothers me even more, though, is the fact that, as I was saying to you in a chat, why are there no buttons in this world? Because it would just make it so much easier if the puzzle led to charging up a button so that I could use the button to traverse back and forth across instead of having to solve the puzzle every time. It just feels like one more way of taunting you again he he has explained that in his like in his, in his interviews and stuff where he's like if i put levers and buttons in now everyone's going to be looking for levers and buttons everywhere as well i don't want them looking for that i want them focused solely on the panels okay as a conscious decision like and i can i can understand that i can understand that but at the same time then i think that puzzle should be the shortest, easiest puzzle ever. It should just be like a, a straight line, line, like a line up to go up, a line down to go down. I yeah. agree. I agree. Because the one in the elevator is counterintuitive. Yeah, you you draw it from up the top to go down. I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that to me just irritated me every time. I mean, even but other things like I think I wrote, I wrote this down earlier. We never actually got to talk about it, but other things that were conscious decisions. That I think I I don't, I don't think he's ever. That's right. Because I'm actually that's that's me. So. But I mean, but I mean, but that and the fact that you can't jump in the game when you jump <laughs> every time. Every time I hit spacebar, it's like and it's like no, I don't want to draw a puzzle. I want to jump. Oh yeah, I can't jump. But that's that's good as well because there are parts 
parts in the game where you shouldn't be allowed to jump because you also can't fall off ledges. There's a lot of times where if you fell off a ledge, you're like, oh, now I've got to walk all the way back around to get to that point. I'm glad that there's an invisible wall that stops you from falling off things. That but would that be... could have been fixed by railing. That could have been fixed well, by but, just but... not letting you go over edges. How many games just don't let you go well, over but, edges? But they do in this. Like that's what I mean. They, there's an invisible wall where they just like you get to the edge of the cliff, you could fall off into the ocean. Like, but they're like, nope. This is where you stop. Right, but you're saying you can have jumping and still not be allowed to jump off the cliff. But at the same time, it would allow you to access areas that you might think are important or you're trying... Like the Talos Principle, that jumping place that we had a huge problem with. The fact that you can jump in the Talos Principle opens up a whole can of worms. Same for the witness. I agree with them to not allow jumping or falling off ledges. 100%. I... It's not really needed, so I guess that's fine. It just feels a bit weird to not be able to. All right, so tell us why you love the game. Tell us why we should love this game. <laughs> I don't really have much to say about it, to be honest. Um, oh, gosh. Don't tell me I have more good things than you. I've got at least five. Oh, really? Well, I mean, I, I didn't write them. I mean, to me, it's it's just the experience that I liked. Like, I'm not going to say, oh, I really liked that puzzle, because, well, A, I don't remember them. Oh, because <laughs> there's too many of them. But I feel like you remember the types. But okay, it's well, mainly this. It's mainly the, the story or lack of story. Like I love, I love in all games, and you know this from like Talos Principle. Every every puzzle game that we've played, I love the environments. I love the statues. I love the weird stuff that you can find dotted about the island. I'm not tra- I'm not too crazy about the audio logs, to be honest. But um, in this game, you're talking about yeah. In this, in the, in the witness, but um, I like the overall like you what you were talking about with like the rocks. Like everything looks really pretty, and then when you get up close, it's just like uh, some of them are the textures are really bad. Well, let's talk about that. So that's kind of my number one thing is this is a very visually beautiful game. I think we both agree that the swamp kind of area is probably our favorite. It is ridiculously bright in color, all sorts of different colors. The way that the water looks. And the way that the physics of the water works is just beautiful, feels kind of real as you're in it. In this totally unreal environment, they yeah. made something that does kind of look and feel real. Even the platform, even though I hate how slow it moves across, that is probably how fast a platform like that would move in water, right? It wouldn't be super fast. Everything is so slow in this game. Because as you can see, once you go under, that it's not just on top of the water. It yeah, hangs it's... way below. So yeah, that's going to get in the way and that's going to slow it down a lot. So I do agree that that's good. Just taking the boat around the island, looking at the amazing kind of shipwreck that is there, looking at the bay and all the, the tall trees there. Going around, you've got all sorts of different environments. You've got the desert, you've got kind of an orchard with beautiful pink leaves. You've got the mountainous area. I mean, it's a small island with a huge amount of geography going on, like a wide variety. But it it looks beautiful, and there's something really interesting with how seamless it is. Even though you know the second you step from, say, one section into the desert, you know that you've stepped into it, but it doesn't feel... Like they've just jammed them together. It feels like it should be this way. And I don't know how they did that, but that was really well done. 
Yeah, it's it's like the world is real but unreal, and that's a weird kind of balance that they've got in between them. Like you said, there's like why is there an orchard next to a desert? It doesn't make sense. And yeah, the whole point is it's it's not real. That's that that is the point. Is but it's it's very lonely and like you get a real sense of like you're completely isolated on this island. I really like that. There's no music in the game. There's barely any sounds in the game. Just your own footsteps, really. It's just walking around, which is important for some of the puzzles later on. But it is a beautiful place, but it's like, yeah, it's also very, sometimes in some places, very low tech almost. And yeah, I, I like that. I like that, the, the, the look of the game. You mentioned the having to listen. Yeah, so that is something. I think, I think it would have been better if they had chosen one or the other to do puzzles where you have to pay attention to what's around you. Or just ones where you don't need to do that. Because combining them, I felt I wasn't sure what I was supposed to be looking for. Because I didn't even really figure that out. I think you told me with the Amazing. the hedge maze, you said, make sure to listen. Put your headphones on. It will help. And once you said, I need to listen, I went, oh, okay. Let me, let me see. Because the orchard one, I, I wouldn't say I cheated, but I didn't really understand it. I went through and kind of forced my way through it. I did as well. I just I just drew a link to every branch end and then yes. eventually got the last one, yeah. Which is a time where I kind of feel like that that was meant to be the one to teach you to look. And it is even kind of tree-shaped, but for some reason, I looked around, I didn't see it. It wasn't until you told me later that that's how that worked. Because I was telling you how pissed off I was that I just kind of forced my way through a puzzle when really... There should be a, a solution. There should be something I should understand, not me just forcing my way through. And then when you explained how it worked, I went, oh, that's actually pretty clever. It's a shame I didn't see that. So there's something kind of missing there, something that needed to make that be a little bit more obvious, I think. But I love that concept of look around you. There's a solution in the world to help you get a bit further. I like that a lot. I think there's some a bit of symbolism or message in that as well. I think that can work. And those puzzles. So we've got the gravel that we have to listen for, the kind of rocks out in the water that you have to look through the puzzle and draw around. Again, sometimes like the angles are a bit odd. Uh, I don't like that if you mess up a puzzle, you have to go back and do the previous one again. I hate that, but I understand it in a sense because I'm stuck on one of those in the jungle right now. And every time you mess it up, it's like, it switches off. you got to go back and do the other one. I get it. It's like, have you understood the rule? No. Go back and do that one again. I get that, but it gets really irritating. It's really annoying. Especially when it's like the ones in the, the rocks in the water. You're not quite sure if you have the right angle. So then you, you do it and, oh, no, I was off by a square. So now I have to go back, do the other one, and then come back and do it again and hope that I do it right this I mean, time. especially the fact that you can go back and do any puzzle again if you want. So even if you get to that puzzle and you keep on making a mistake, keep on making a mistake, you yourself can go back and say, oh, have I actually understood this? Wait, I'll go back and do the previous puzzles again. There's no reason to They've already you. given us that. And that's a terrific mechanic. I do like that. Yeah. But, but yeah, to, to actually physically like shut the panel off and say, no, you're not allowed in here. This is only for smart people. But I do think that that is probably the, for me, the, the cleverest part of the game is here's a 2D puzzle, but you need to look at the world to solve it. You need to listen to the world to solve it. I like that a lot. I think that that more than anything, probably those two things, the visual 
beauty of this island and the kind of cleverness out of the box kind of thinking for puzzles I thought was really really well done those are the two things that make me respect it that would make me recommend it the puzzle themselves not as interesting as kind of the idea behind the puzzles because again there are still problems like the one where in the desert ruins where you have to look at the glass and see where it's scratched up and Annoyingly, you have to run around a lot of times to find just the right angle in order to see where it is. And that the concept is great, but the execution doesn't work for me. Yeah, a lot of people have a problem with the desert. I, again, it's like I had no problem with that, but I had problems in other places that people are like, oh, yeah, that's really easy. You're you're an idiot. But the desert for me worked because I noticed that immediately. I was like, oh, there's, a, there's lines already drawn in the panels. Like... But I can only see half of it. Oh, wait, with the glare of the sunshine, oh, I can, like, if I angle. Again, it's all about perspective. Um, yeah, I, I the, the desert is one of my favorite levels, to be honest. I, I loved that level. Um, that was the, my first laser, actually, that I got was there. So I get it. I get why people are frustrated. I get why people don't like this. I mean, even, even again, in interviews with uh, Jonathan Blow, he himself is just like, he doesn't understand the success of the game either. Even he himself says that it's a very niche game. I made it for a certain group of people. I didn't make this for like the AAA market. I didn't make this for to be universally loved by everyone. I made it for like this tiny little group of people that I thought would like it. People like me. And I don't understand why everyone is going crazy about it. It's like, this game is annoying. He himself says it's annoying. Is he really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, he's like, it's annoying. It's tiresome. It's it, it it has a lot of problems. But again, but once you punch the witness in the face, you're like, I did it, you know. And you're like, you stand on top. You put your foot on its chest, and you're like, I beat you, you know. And I think that's an even smaller group that's like desperate for that. I'd love to see the percentage of people that have actually completed this game, like on and all the secrets and stuff, because we'll get to that in a minute. Because that is nuts. That's absolutely nuts. Like the actual like completionists who have done this whole game. But I mean, at the same time, I cannot imagine the person who did it the first time like on their own. Like I would again. This is more like a Black Watchman thing for me, where it's like it has to have been a community effort. Because I just don't see how you could do it all on your own. I think that's quite possible. I would say it's good value for like time, money. I put in 27 hours. Now, I wasn't enjoying all of those 27 hours, but I think that with the effort they put into this game, I think it's, you know, getting it at half price at $20, I think you can look at this game and go, yeah, they've put a lot of thought into this. they put a lot of time into this. It feels like it deserves the praise for those things. So I would say that for me, it's hard to argue against that, even though I'm sure that speed run, you can do it super fast the people who have it memorized yeah that's somewhere a guy i watched the other day he did guess how long he did a speed run 18 minutes and 18 th- i saw one was like half an hour i thought that was good 18 minutes and 39 seconds that guy is a machine i mean he was doing puzzles like it's basically he was like looking at panels from like way like the swamp right mm-hmm. so he opens the gate to the swamp he goes in doesn't do any of the tutorials and just looks across to the other side of the swamp and the box is like the size of your pinky nail. Mm-hmm. And he's like, ding. Then he moves across and ding. And then that's it. The laser is done. He's like, wow, holy moly. But obviously you'd have to finish the game for us to get there. But like, that is like some serious uh, mental gymnastics, man. That guy is like super trained. Like to even memorize those puzzles 
and to have them and just like tear through them. And yeah, he's done. He's in the elevator by 18 and he even takes time to like look around at there and like, yeah, I've got time. This is like the world record. I've still got time to spare. He's in no rush to get into the elevator at the end and just like, all right, it's time to go. Boom, gets in. Incredible speed run. But yeah, 18 minutes. It took me 18 minutes to solve even the first puzzle probably. (laughs) I would say, again, as I mentioned before, Explorers, this is a good one for them. Achievement Hunters, this is kind of a challenge, like the kind of white whale uh, for Achievement Hunters. And also the Easter Egg Hunters, because uh, I know we had a bit of confusion earlier talking about, but the puzzles that are in the environment, the kind of hidden object puzzles, the kind of where's Wally, where's Waldo (laughs) kind of puzzles, like, oh, there's this circle and odd line in the sand. Oh, yeah, that's a shape. And the thing is, from very early on, when I accidentally hit the button and the icon came up and that sound, I knew that there must be things I could do in the environment, that there must be things that I could control in some way. And that was a very exciting concept. I like that a lot. The first one I actually got was from the mountain because they basically show you there's a a thing, like a picture right in front of the river. I'm like, why don't you just do this? And then that made me realize, oh, yeah, they are, they're here already. Like, I thought I was going to have to wait for that to happen. But no, they're, they're here already. Right. But I totally didn't see them from that point on because I was so focused on the puzzles in front of me. Yeah. And they're there from the very start, from the very start tunnel. Like, like uh, when you open that first door and turn around, there's one right behind you. Which I didn't know until I saw a video and I went, oh. And this is where you're talking about him being inspired by Mist. Yeah, like... Yeah, yeah. The, the end is at the start. Yeah, you can... You, you in theory, could do it from the beginning, so... Yeah, my speed run is like two seconds in that case. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, and I said before, the machinery movement, the way that it moves slowly, it feels real. The physics of it feels really good, but you know, I still like a lot of it to be fast. Yeah. So did you have anything else? The whole the whole thing of my... No, it's not a theory. It's hardly, well, let's, it's hardly a theory. Let's get but, into the ending then. Yeah. You ready? So the first ending, I did not get it. I'm not going to lie. I was not going to go through the what I think is referred to as the caves. Do you want me to tell you what happens? Oh, have you seen it? Did oh, I watched it. it. I, I found a video. Charlie, I went, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory? Yes. Yeah, so yeah. you basically hop in the great the glass, glass elevator. elevator <laughs> and you're floating around. And though I think it is nice to kind of visually beautifully go through everything. Straight out everything. of mist. Straight out of mist, that as well. But honestly, if I had gone through all of that and that was my ending, I think I would have been a little pissed off. <laughs> because... I've already seen this island so much by this point. I'm not sure that would have made me happy. The weird kind of cryptic sayings people are saying as you're going through the bubbling of the creek and mm. things like that. What is this? Buddhism. What is this? Buddhism. But it's not, it's not for me a satisfying ending for the amount of effort it would have taken me to get through this game. Yeah, I, I don't really appreciate that. So that leads us kind of to the secret ending which you say is the i think it's the real, real ending. ending yeah yeah i think uh the video i found kind of referred to it that way as well right. the secret quote real ending where you essentially it's very weird though because you you could do it right from the beginning mm-hmm. you light up that first kind of environmental gate puzzle that you can't do later on if you've gone through it not true you oh can. you can go back okay yeah but the hoops that you got to get through to get there are incredible. 
Like, okay. Alex, you want me to talk about that right now, or do you want to say the ending first? Uh, let, let's say the ending first, okay. then we'll get to that. So, the ending, you essentially go in, and it looks like a hotel lobby, and you're or like a spa or something. And I think it's the developer's like office, more or less. Well, that, that's later. But oh yeah, yeah. When, when you, you go, first walk yeah, in, yeah. there's kind of like an information desk. Yeah, all the screens have essentially images of other parts of the island as though they're watching you. Yeah. And yeah, you're going up through kind of waterfall grotto kind of area. And then, yes, there is a puzzle where you can kind of see what looks like their office. And then you kind of walk off into space. And then you get the video of, I'm assuming, is Jonathan Blow? I have no idea. But somebody wakes up from the couch Looks like they take off super VR equipment. Yeah. There's a giant <laughs> bottle of yellow liquid <laughs> off to the side. Yeah. They pull out kind of a IV. IV from their arm, walk around slowly. Touching circles. <laughs> yeah. Um, being unhappy with a broken cookie and throwing <laughs> that away for a full round cookie. Going out into the garden where there's the squares on the ground and just kind of looking around at the environment. It definitely felt a bit more worthwhile than the floating around the island one, but I'm still not really sure what to make of it. I'm still not really sure that this makes me quite as happy as I ought to be for putting in, you know, 30 hours into the game. But I think this is where it leads into your theory, so... Oh, do you want your theory or do you want to talk about that? How the hoops to jump through. To the hoops to sense? jump through are quite incredible. Yeah. Um, so Let, basically... Listeners, don't go through the hoops. <laughs> Just start a new game. Your old game will still be saved and you can go back to it. It takes like five seconds to do it the regular way and just walk through <laughs> and do it. And I haven't done this. I have not done this. Um, I've, I've, I've definitely not. Uh, basically, you have to... If you solve the main game, there's one part of the game where, and you would really love this, Justin, there's one part where there's a panel on a wall and you have to get through it. And if you don't solve the puzzle in, I don't know how long it is. It could be 30 seconds. If you don't solve it, the panel closes and then it opens up again with a completely newly random generated puzzle. And it's basically saying, "Do you, did you use a walkthrough? Well, now you're really screwed. <laughs> <laughs> it's interesting you bring up that 30 seconds. I tried to use a... I had to take a bus the other day and I used a machine at the terminal and it only gave you 30 seconds to get your ticket. Oh, so right. it took me like... <laughs> even that took me like two tries to get a ticket. So I can only imagine what this puzzle would feel like. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Cause, so cause I had to do that. I had to repeat that again and again and again. It was... It was rough, but there's only two panels. So once you do that, you go through to the caves. There's a spinny, like, golden child kind of, I want the knife pillars. Get on the glass elevator, boom, done. Or you can light up all the lasers on the island. Um, you get through, you do all the lasers, you flick a switch, you open a new area in the mountain that leads into a cave system. You go through the cave system, you find some like unlit puzzles in this weird maze kind of thing. And then there's a turntable with a record. And I can't remember the name of the song that it plays, but you turn that record on, it's seven minutes, and you have to go and solve 
a bunch of puzzles in that time. And let me just say that that's not easy at all. Like, cause like, if you were angry about things getting you in your way, there's one part where there's three panels. And bear in mind, this is all timed. And if you don't do it, you've got to start from the beginning, but there's three panels. Two of them are on purpose unsolvable. Only one of them has a solution. And so you could spend five minutes trying to solve one that doesn't even have a solution. So this is like muscle. This is like hardcore muscle memory. Like you're looking at panels and thinking, this, this is how you do it. There's no way for you to, you just don't have time. The one I watched was a guy who cheated to do it because on PlayStation, you can put your computer, your, your PS4 into, um, I think it was called like rest mode. Do you know what I'm talking about? I, I, I don't have no idea, but so you can't pause the game. If you pause the game, the timer still goes. So you can't like take a screenshot of it and then solve it. But if you put your PlayStation into rest mode, after you've taken a screenshot, you can go away and solve it, take it out of rest mode and the timer will be frozen where it was and you can blast your way through the puzzles. For, for us PC users, there's no such luxury. You get to the end, you open one of those boxes like you do for the hidden videos, it unfolds and it's got a picture of the gate. It's, it, it's the only type of puzzle that's got that diamond shape one in the whole game and it's got a pattern in it. You go all the way back to the beginning. If you draw that pattern in, the gate materializes again. You lock the gate again, essentially, and then you can draw the, the line. But that is like 100% completion of the game. Like, and that's what I'm going to be doing. That's how I'm going to spend my time from now on. Enjoy it. <laughs> I won't be joining you on that adventure. <laughs> go back to the beginning. Start it over. <laughs> Let's talk about the videos then. Uh, just briefly. So there are six hidden videos. Again, I didn't find all these. I found one, but I found a YouTube video that had all of them. Yeah, the the the, the Radio Shack one. That's also the one that you get from this like bonus ending, like the the hundred percent okay. completion. So let's talk about them. So the first one is Yesterday, Tomorrow, and You by James Burke. Mm -hmm. It basically to sum it up very quickly, it says that um, artists are not typically the real movers of the world. It's people who have knowledge and kind of power of some sort. That art itself is not a real interpretation of the world. It is a sorry. It is an interpretation in which, for example, I look at a piece of art and I'm trying to interpret it based on what somebody else saw. So he refers to it as kind of third-person interpretation and speaks heavily about knowledge is what's going to change the world. It's the scientists who are going to be changing the world. But art is easier because there's people in it. That's his direct quote, isn't it? But he's also talking about... I, I think he's hinting... I don't know exactly when this was recorded, but hinting that the internet was coming and that people who don't have source to that information are going to be left behind. And I think that was an interesting video. I'm not exactly sure how it ties in, but I do, I did find that to be a good link. Mm. And I did find that to be somewhat interesting. Yeah. The second one was, uh, and it doesn't, I think it does say right at the very end, uh, but I looked up, somewhere else to find what are the sources because not all of them are kind of cited in game. So uh, this was Richard Feynman. So he's kind of lecturing at a university, I think, and talking about hierarchies of ideas, 
you know, there's the very basics of physics, and a lot of times we forget that there are kind of atoms inside of there. We're looking at the salt crystal and forgetting that it's made up of all these different elements. But there's also this hierarchy of, like, physics up to, like, frog, which has some reactions, up to man, up to... He made some joke about political expediency, which much has been a bit like a buzzword at the time, because I don't even know (laughs) what he's talking about. But it leads up to even more kind of abstract concepts like evil and beauty and hope and things of this nature. And kind of led up to like talking about the more like the higher up you get, the closer you get to God. And that felt a bit weird because in the beginning, it felt like he was talking from a much more kind of scientific perspective. And then all of a sudden it became a more spiritual message. So I wasn't quite sure how to deal with that. But then in the kind of colored, more recent interview, it looked like with, with him. Yeah. He was again, kind of saying that he's only looking to find out more about the world. So even through whatever he's doing, whatever research he's doing, he's just trying to find out more about the world. Yeah, he doesn't have the answers, basically. We may never find these answers to the philosophical questions that we want. And again, I was like, okay, maybe don't agree with everything he's saying, but he makes some interesting points. Then we're shown a clip from a movie. And this is part of what I had to go to. Yeah, because I have not seen this movie. I hadn't heard of this movie. So Nostalgia, it's a Russian movie, I think, from the 80s, was it? Yeah. yeah. It looks like it's older, but it was Russia in the 80s. So uh, it's really like a man trying to get a candle to stay lit as he's walking across. And you can see the process he's going through. And I did think this was interesting just in the fact that this is somewhat like going through a puzzle game and having to try multiple things to see what works. I like that. The, the, that movie was great for me because it have, was... Have you actually seen the movie? No, no. I've okay. seen... I think that's the guy that did Stalker. I've seen Stalker. But yeah, Tark- Tarkovsky um, is, well, pretty well known for his long, drawn-out <laughs> Um But yeah, but it's it, it, that movie is basically... Maybe Jonathan Blow got another idea for the witness from that because essentially yeah he's touching one wall and then he's holding the candle and he's got to get to the other side to place the candle which is what we're doing for the entire game starting off touching this part and moving it to the end of the of the maze but i love it how he the candle blows out and he's just like all right i'll go back to the beginning he does it again and he keeps failing and then at some point he's looking around because people are watching him he's like i could just cheat and I could like like this again, you know. And I love that again. We're thinking the same thing. I could just look up a walkthrough. I could just do this. But eventually, he does it, and I think he dies at the end. I'm not sure. It seems like he dies after he places the candle. But yeah, pretty in your face, blatant metaphor for the game. Like it's very obvious why he chose that. What's really cool about this is at the end scene where you see like he's in like a blown out cathedral or something like that. Like the roofs are missing and stuff. There's a giant circle. In the back, you can click on that, but you get like a little spark. Like, you don't get the whole, you just get like one of those fizzle things, and you're like, oh, oh. If you go around the back of the thing, so like the back of the projection screen, there's actually a line that you can draw. It's an environmental puzzle. Okay, on the video that I watched, whoever was doing it on the next puzzle kept trying to do it. I think that they misunderstood which puzzle. Or which, which video clip it was, because they didn't do it, do it on this one. You can do it on the Yesterday, Tomorrow, and Yourself, or whatever it's called. Um, there's a part where he, 
I don't know if you noticed this. I don't know if you noticed this, but in the doorway, there's like green and stuff, lines, and like half of a circle. If you look at it from an angle, there's a part where he, in that thing, he holds up a book and it's got like a half of a, a half moon on it. If you line it up with the door frame, you can trace a line around the door frame. Absolute genius, man. I'm sorry. That's amazing. But yeah, so for the Tarkovsky one, you go around the back, you can do that. The real killer is with the, is it, is it the next video? Is that the, the Radio Shack one? Yes. So the Radio Shack one, uh, this is, uh, Professor Moriarty and the Secret of Song 46. This was, for me, I think probably, even though I haven't completely finished it yet, uh, it is virtually an hour long. Yeah. That's, that's a long bit of just audio to put in a game to have somebody just sit there yeah. and listen to. Video at least makes it a bit more tolerable. I, I feel like. There's no video to it. It's just an eclipse happening. I mean, it's. <laughs> Here's the thing that really annoys me about this. I like that video. I like that, not the video. I like the audio of that. Yeah. So I'm about halfway through it. Uh, unfortunately, I didn't have time to finish it up before I came over today. He's mentioning other things that I've heard before. So I think I, I have a good concept of what he's talking about. But yeah, an hour. Wow. I, I will listen to it. I will finish it up. But in game, uh, yeah, I'm not going to sit there and listen to this in game if I don't have to. I I didn't find this this tape in game. I had to watch this on YouTube because um, this is in like the hundred percent completion run. That you find the the code for this video. This is where the game really starts to take the piss, to be honest. Because take you for a ride, right? Because I personally don't mind sitting through an hour lecture on something that's interesting. The later the lecture after this, I hated. Yeah, we'll talk about that. But to 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 have the option to sit through it. If you don't, and if you don't want to, if you get bored, switch it off. If it's not for you, switch it off. Fine. But to put something in there and make you sit through it and wait, that's really a kick in the teeth. And that's where I think maybe some of this game, this is part of my theory that so I'll talk about later. So is this a different puzzle than the other video? Yeah. So uh, I thought it was like optional which video you got it on. Oh no, there's, 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 there's one in the Tarkovsky one. There's two in the, the yesterday, tomorrow and yourself. There's one in this 51-minute Radio Shack presentation. You say that. Radio Shack was only like the very beginning. <laughs> it's of. just how I wrote it down. <laughs> but basically, there's the eclipse at the start. And you're like, oh, there's a circle. I love circles. Circles mean puzzles. Click on it. Nothing happens. Again, you go around the back and you click on it. And then you can draw a line up the ceiling and around. And then you get back down. Oh, it stops. You have to wait for the circle the, the eclipse to traverse the entire screen for the whole 51 minutes. And then, boop, then you can complete it right at the end. It forces you to sit through it. And thankfully, you don't have to hold down a button because that would be like some serious Stanley Parable baby saving stuff. But yeah, so you can, you can draw the line and then you can go away and then make a cup of tea and watch up. That's, that's next level trolling, to be honest, man. It has to be. <laughs> This video does talk about kind of a bit of reward, I think. He was talking about the people who would go for the free reward of the batteries, even though the batteries were terrible and they were nearly worthless. They weren't going for the good batteries. They're going for ones that are probably half charged and sitting in a barrel in the back. Yeah. It was really just to get people to have to walk through the store, I guess. But they would do that and often not buy anything. And... I'm not exactly sure how that connects to what he's talking about next, which is talking about the kind of hidden messages in things. 
But he's a game designer, isn't he, this guy? Mm. Um, so I think his main point is games today have become all about finding the where's my Easter eggs, where's my special, where's my hidden content, where's this, where's that, I demand this, I demand that. Ah, uh, yeah, that makes that makes a good connection then, yeah. And and that, again, is what The Witness is has, but is pretty much in your face saying, like, this is not the main point of the whole game. Like, but yeah, I like that. I like the whole Shakespeare thing, the Psalm 46 stuff, the conspiracy theories, the fact that that woman went completely mad trying to... Yeah, see, like, I think I missed that. Oh, that, yeah, yeah, that's, that's like, fine. So, so, so the woman who went on the whole Shakespeare hunt, she went to Stratford upon Avon, and supposedly she just had a mental breakdown at the end. Like she spent all of her life savings or whatever. She oh, went, but I say, and that's what he's saying in a game is like people lose their minds over stuff, um, and he's like, just chill out. And that's why the elevators are so slow. That's why the lasers are slow, so, so slow. That's why everything is so slow because it's saying. Just relax. Stop trying to run around everywhere. It's it's Zen, basically. I mean, this this draws a lot of Zen. There's a lot okay. of Zen philosophy. I, I'll give you that, but I found it so much more frustrating that it moves so slowly <laughs> than if it moved quickly. Better. So I I like this. I will go back. I will finish. I, I want to hear the rest of that story. Right. That's a good story. Let's talk about video five. <laughs> uh, it's Rupert Spira. I think yeah. it's pronounced. He's a spiritualist. And I wrote a lot of notes here, but I don't really want to talk about it too much. He basically talks about knowing yourself as an empty, luminous, open vessel of awareness. And then goes on a long bit about essentially saying that we don't know anything except what's happening now. And then kind of even goes, we don't even really know what's happening now. We can only know like what's an immediate sense or something. And then he leads into, and I was kind of following him. And kind of going along with it, but then he's like, uh, but the, the most aware we can be, the most true experience we can have is love because we're all seeking someone else. I'm like, oh, well, now you've, you've, <laughs> you've gone the one step too far because you seem like you were trying to make a really good philosophical thing and then you just went into love. So it didn't, it didn't really feel like it flowed into that for me. Also, not the best speaker. <sighs> it was interminably slow. <sighs> Everything is so slow in this game. Luckily, I was watching on YouTube where I can change the speed. I changed it to like 1.25, then 1.5. I went, he talks so slowly. I could put it at 2x and still understand what he was talking about. So, uh, yeah, that, that was, that was a rough one. I can only imagine sitting there trying to watch it because it is, 36 minutes long to sit there in game have no control over it and just have to i wonder how if you removed all the silence how long it would be you know like well i know from editing this podcast even we will lose like a good 10 minutes when we edit a lot of times if we get rid of all his blinking time and drinking water yeah it would be probably half the time it'd probably be about 18 minutes like that bit at the end where he's just like Honestly, just blinking like an absolute moron into the camera. I, I wanted to. Uh, sorry, I don't know who this guy is. He's probably, maybe he's well loved and respected, but I just wanted to slap him. Like I hate this man, and I don't even know him. I'm sorry, dude, but I hate you. <laughs> okay. So the last one was very. The last one was very similar, but luckily much shorter. This is someone called Gangaji, I believe, and she is speaking about. You having what you need already, which I do think is a very kind of Buddhist concept, right? 
be happy with what you have. And so she's saying, stop looking for what you want. You can find more than you'll ever need in yourself. I do understand that is a perspective I respect. But at the same time, I think if we were all content with what we had, we would never improve or the world would never get better, which kind of contradicts the very first video, which is talking about you need knowledge to make change and change is going to be coming versus Oh, we need to... So I don't know if this... If there's a progression in the videos. I'm assuming that there is and that it is intentional. But it's not the type of thing that... Well, one, obviously I didn't finish it early enough to have a lot of time to do over this. But I'm not sure that I really would. I mean, this morning I wasn't thinking about these videos and what an impact they had on me. I kind of just watched them because they were in the game. Yeah, I think I think they're 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 there on purpose... For maybe two different types of people, you're either on this side of the argument or you're on this side of the argument. And the the Moriarty lecture is kind of in the middle, and that's almost like a parabola where, like, it, it, that for for me is the dividing thing because he's talking half pseudoscience, half real science, and that is all the stuff on this side, or most of the stuff on this side is all hard science, and most of the stuff on this side is all spiritual and the spiritual side, I was just not impressed by. It seems like a lot. It seems that I, I don't want to use the word mumbo jumbo, but you know, it, it, just... it is very spiritual. As I was listening to the Rupert Spirit one, I, I kept thinking, is Spirit like a cult leader? Like it felt kind of like the way I've always heard cult leaders described. Sounding very intelligent, sounding very kind of loving, luring you in but giving you a bunch of nonsense so that you're so confused by the end, you just agree with whatever they yeah, say. Yeah, just to shut him up. Like, yeah, okay, you're right. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, that's exactly how I felt with him. It's like, he's just using, like, he's the the, he's the, the, the architect from the Matrix, you know? I just like, just shut up, man. Come on. I, like, you could have said that in five seconds. Like, yeah, love is really important. And this is what we should be trying to do at the end. Not, you're a vessel of empty space or whatever. <laughs> Come on, come on. This guy is one of the few things in the world that would make me want to go back and listen to that architect speech again. <laughs> <laughs> I would rather be doing that than this. Uh, but your overall theory, you have the big overall theory. This game is... Okay, so this game is exactly what these lectures are trying to to, to say. I think this game is a... Well, it, no big no big secret here. It's a virtual reality game in the game. So they've they've created this island... You have no memory of who you are, basically. You you don't know why you're there. Uh, you're solving all the puzzles. And then by the end of the game, it takes you back to the beginning. It's like, no, 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 no. You, 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 you haven't done anything. You're back at the start again. You, like you said, you're super frustrated by that. But I get it. It's resetting everything and saying, no, 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 no. Do it again. You haven't understood. You don't know. You haven't finished everything. Go back and do it all again. Ah, you want to tear your hair out. What the game, I think, is trying to do is... They've made this world, they're trying to scientifically find some kind of nirvana. Like they're trying to synthetically produce um, what the spiritual guys are talking about in the videos. They're trying to do that scientifically. And that's 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 it. That's, not, that's my big reveal. Like that's what I think this game is about. But you said before, I, I can't remember if we said it now or before we started recording, but you feel this game is about nothing. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think nothing is a big part of this. Yeah, that it's it's kind of taking all the things that we believe and we hold true for games and life in a sense, and it's saying, yeah, none of that matters. And I guess that the nothing part is the Buddhist side. Like you have to become not become nothing, but what, what, what's the phrase like? That like you you're getting rid of yourself. You know, you, you're you you want nothing. Clear your brain of everything. And yeah, that's what the witness is. It's it's basically an exercise in nothing, I think. And I think that's kind of philosophically tied into the whole Buddhist thing. But I think if there is a story for the game, I think that's what it is. Because the guy's been in that VR tank for quite a while. I mean, like you can go eight hours without having to go to the bathroom. You can go a whole day without having to go to the toilet. But he's got he's got like a catheter in there. I mean, he's been hooked up to this machine for probably days. No one's supervising him either. He could be a rogue mission, you know? This could be him on his own. Like, we've got this product. Everyone's gone home for the weekend. I'm going to hook myself up to it. Again, I don't I don't know. I mean, we're, we're just speculating on this. But yeah, I think that's what it is. Potentially dangerous VR simulation where it's essentially wiping your conscience clean. You're stepping into this island and there's no sounds, there's no music, there's no nothing. And it's just, like I said, it's repetitive in some cases frustrating that you have to overcome sometimes boring that you have to overcome and you're trying to reach that plateau of just zen like buddhism basically and yeah i think they're synthetically trying to produce that and that's this that that would be my take on the story i think that's as good as as bright better than anything that i came up with i honestly just looked at it as there was no story so uh yeah there you go so there it is the witness no gaps filled no gaps created it's just nothing Gaps filled and more gaps created. We're we're stuck with it now. All right.